and welcome everybody to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, David, and Connor. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Permananzi. Guys, uh, it's Monday. We have a game to talk about. We'll get into that in a little bit because we're all very excited uh, to talk about uh, this game against uh, FC Cincinnati. Uh, before we get to that, though, guys, let's talk about the weekend because uh, we all—I'm sure all—I'm sure we all did some things this weekend because it was Mother's Day on Sunday. Uh, I had a barbecue Saturday night. It was the first technically barbecue of the season. Uh, Dave came up for that. Uh, and uh, hung out, and uh, we had a good time. The night weather was nice. Had some beers, uh, and uh, that was that. And then Mother's Day, I uh, spent it with my wife and my mother-in-law, and my daughter came uh, from Melrose for a couple hours and hung out up here, and we had some tacos and uh, enjoyed ourselves. So, uh, Connor, what did you end up doing yesterday for Mother's Day? Mother's Day, well, uh, it's my wife's first Mother's Day. So, oh, there you go. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a big one. So, I, I went all out. Um, mm-hmm. I made her eggs benedict in the morning uh, with some breakfast potatoes, let her sleep in for a little bit, and uh, I got her mom and uh, stepdad up to up to her, uh, up, up here to visit. Uh, it was a surprise, by the way. She had no idea they were coming. Oh. Um, so they hung out for a couple hours. I made eggs benedict for them. Um, just kind of hung out in the morning, and then uh, Kay and uh, Terry left. And we had a we were going to have a little picnic in the backyard in the in the afternoon with like a charcuterie board and stuff, but uh, the weather did not permit for that. Yeah. So instead, I made a little uh, made a little picnic charcuterie board down here in the basement instead. Oh and uh just hung out we played some games and and uh and yeah that that was pretty much it we just hung out for the rest of the day and nice uh, oh and i bought her a trip to uh canada too we're going to canada in september now jeez wow yeah mr Moneybags over here Uh, save save the save the best for last what (laughs) part of canada i spent too much we're going to toronto i've i've flown through toronto like five times but i've never actually Mm. been to the city so So they're and that's good that they're opening up i mean it wasn't that long ago that you couldn't go to canada uh, for tourist reasons so that must be changing i know they were changing with fishing and stuff like that but yeah Yeah. well you know that's that's why i looked at canada because i knew they were opening up so i just Mm. looked at flights and flights were were pretty good for those for those days so awesome Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you had such a good Mother's Day, Connor. I, the fact that you made her eggs Benedict uh, just reminds me that Sunday morning I woke up and uh, ate the rest of my wife's uh, moons over my hammy that we had from Denny's Friday night. And uh, then she woke up and was pissed off that I ate the rest of her moons over my hammy because she was looking forward to that for Mother's Day. So I already, uh, <laughs> I, already uh, <coughs> up, I already fucked up her Mother's Day right off the bat. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Anywho, uh, how about you, David? Uh, what'd you do for Mother's Day? Um, nothing, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did our typical Friday evening jaunt to the brewery mm-hmm. uh, with the neighbors. Saturday, nothing. Sunday, nothing. In fact, wow. Sarah did a laundry. <laughs> wow, that's cool. great. Are you uh, already? Kind of getting into the retirement mode down there in Florida. I mean, you're not old enough yet for that shit. No, no, yeah, we, yeah, we just didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, we we usually don't do a whole lot anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah just low key weekend. Yeah, I suppose you don't really have a now. 
is it your yard is your yard like yours you have to like maintain it or anything or is it like all oh no we don't have to do anything yeah see there you go see so now you don't have to do shit in your yard too so you can just like damn yeah. dude seriously yeah. Ugh. all right well hey, good for you uh dave how about you yeah well sunday mother's day sunday was good i um actually got to go watch a good soccer game and i'm mm. not talking about the uh the deuce ml united uh see two down in chicago they played of course on chicago but i actually went out to woodbury to watch my uh, niece play in a tournament it was in they were actually in the championship game so without getting into too many details because i'm you know, I don't know how much of you follow that uh, local youth soccer, but my niece is a striker and she's a good one too. She actually scored in this game and their team won three to one. So that was a happy start. Although I almost, it felt like I was going to get a case of like frostbite because the wind was so strong here and it was chilly, you know, it was chilly and a little bit rainy. Fortunately, we didn't get rain down, but yeah, by the end of that game, I was uh, very cold. And then Tony kind of went your route, stayed in Woodbury, went out with my sister and her family and then my parents and my mom included, uh, we ended up going to a Mexican restaurant over there in uh, nice. Woodbury. Nice. nice. There you go. So, yeah, Mexican round. Kind of spontaneous, but, uh, yeah, it was good. It was called the Machete um, Cocina or something. It was new. Oh. I guess it was, yeah, it was pretty good. I'd recommend it oh. if anybody's out in that area. All right. Um, well, great. I think we all had uh, fairly good weekends with the exception of Saturday night uh, from the top hours of 7 to 9 o'clock. Yes. Of which we had terrible weekends at that point. Mm-hmm. Um before we get into the game, guys, I will not forget that we're also drinking beer tonight because I was we wondering are if you beer. were going to forget or not. I will not. Mm. I will not forget, Connor. I will we'll not forget. You for, we'll, never yeah, we'll never let you forget that either. Yeah, sure. exactly right. So uh, now, David, are you drinking beer or not tonight? Not drinking beer. Yep. David is not drinking beer because of what happened Saturday night. Pretty sure that's the case. Um, so we'll start with the three of us drinking beer. I'll go first because, you know, I got to. Nice beer from uh, Ayer up here in uh, Elk River. I still have not been to their new brewery yet. I'm, I'm getting pissed off at myself for not getting up there. But luckily, my little local liquor store, they stock their crawlers in there. And the nice thing, too, is they stock their crawlers like, you know, right now. Like, it's not like from two or three weeks ago. It's from this week. So it's always nice to go in there and see what they got. I got their uh, Blood Eagle, which is their Blood Orange Blonde Ale. And it is a, it is, it's very delicious, actually. It's got a nice little orangish color to it, you know, and you can really Mm -hmm. taste the, taste the blood orange in there. It's uh, got a little tart to it. 5.2%. Another winner from, uh, uh, from Iyer Brewing Company. And I want to say this, I wanted to get up there this week because they came out with a new beer. I don't even know what it was, but the name of it was awesome. It was Unsolicited Deck Picks. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> hmm. that's funny because you know it's huh. deck it's deck season now so yeah. it's unsolicited deck picks i was like guys you guys are fantastic i love you guys hmm. so if you ever see them on facebook they do little videos and shit it's they're those guys are great so mm. great beer from Iyer. uh connor what about you what are you drinking tonight uh i'm drinking a brewery that i haven't had in a while called it's there from this one is called the doug and it's from little thistle down in rochester oh yeah um it's a and it's described as simply a lager and that's it there's nothing wrong with that that's a good lager yeah um, i'm not usually a lager drinker i don't mind it but uh i i uh i mean i like this one it's it's just it really is just a lager it's it's your run-of-the-mill kind of ordinary lager which you know it's it's tasty i like it 
it reminds me a little bit. Uh, I used to, my my beer of choice when I was uh, the last time I visited over in London was Cronenberg, um, but I think it's the Dan- a Danish lager, and this tastes a lot like that. Nice. But uh, yeah, Little Thistle down in uh, down in Rochester, and it is. I saw the. Oh, it's only a four point five. Cheers. Well, yeah, I mean that's good to have that. I mean, like I'll still, yeah, I'll still, I'll still drink a Coors Light or a Miller's Light or anything like that, yeah. and mm-hmm. Budweiser, or whatever. And it's, but it is kind of nice when you can find something like that if you're in the mood on, like, especially a hot summer day, just for a nice crisp lager. Yep. And it only at four and a half percent. That's your typical light beer, maybe even mm-hmm. like a little yeah. more than that. But yeah, so yeah, if you can find one that has a nice taste that you like, then it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Didn't didn't you have one of those, Tony, for a while? Like, uh, what was it called? Like a lager type beer that you kind of go to, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't mainstream. But. Oh, uh, Minnesota, uh, uh, the uh, right on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry to put you on the Minnesota. Go is Minnesota. Uh, it's from uh, Cold Spring Brewery. Okay. It's, it's from Minnes- the Third Street Brew House, right? Third Street Brew House. Yeah, oh. it's uh, Minnesota Gold. Is Light, it just I called think? Minnesota Gold or something? I think yeah, that's what it's I, called. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. so that's yeah. it's kind of nice when you invite beers like that, yeah. for, especially in the summer and the crisp. And, you and it's drink. again, it's it, the thing is, some of these breweries make you know just nice lagers or pilsners or what have you, and they're still micro breweries, but they make good Minnesota craft beer. And why not drink it? I mean, right now after I drink this, I'm going to be having myself a, pre- a Green Bell Premium. I mean, there you go. Yeah, something wrong. That's a good Minnesota. Yeah, nothing wrong, wrong with it at all. So, okay. all right, uh, Dave, what about you tonight? I ended up going with a familiar brewery uh, in Modest down in Minneapolis, Minnesota, not too far from the stadium, Twin Stadium. We've recorded there, um, and I do find myself getting their beers quite often just because they're 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 very well distributed, at least around my area. So, but I ended up going with a beer I haven't had from them, at least if I have, I. I it's been a while and I, I don't think I have, it's called teal label. Um, it's uh, it's a West coast IPA and it's in, available in their tap room, but I got this in cans at the liquor store, like I said, and uh, it's a really, as far as IPAs go in general, I, I really like this one. It's fairly smooth. It's not overpowering in the hops, even though they do kettle hop it and dry hop it afterwards with a variety of hops, but it's comes in at 6.3% uh, alcohol, but w- with, you know, for an IPA, that's not too bad. That's not too strong. And it's, you don't taste it. It's smooth, easy drinking. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with this one for the a first time, or at least for me. So nice. Modest makes good IPAs. I've, I've, I've had their dream yard and that one was a yeah. really good one. Dream yard is very good. I like dream yeah. yard. Mm-hmm. All right. So we go from uh, beer to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, David is drinking hard liquor tonight. Uh, David. What are you drinking? Very fitting. I, I am. Um, as yeah, Connor, as you said, it's it's fitting um, for the mess that we had this weekend. Um, the distillery is not a new one. In fact, I had them on this uh, episode one fourteen. I think oh. it was the second episode that I was back. I think mm-hmm. um, so. It's St. Augustine Distillery in St. Augustine. This I originally said I was going to do whiskey. And I realized that I had already done their whiskey that I have left. Um, So I am going with their aged rum instead. Hello. And so it's a pot stilled rum. It's aged in uh, their, their own bourbon barrels. And um, it's pretty, it's pretty light colored. 
Oh yeah. Hmm. There we Yeah. They call it straw. That makes sense. Um, yep. It's it's a good rum. I I'm a fan of like really heavily aged rums, like in the eighteen plus year range. Mm-hmm. And I, they don't say how old this is. I feel like when I was at the distillery, they said it was maybe six months or a year, something like that. Um, this is it's really good. I mean, it's uh, very sugary, obviously, uh, and it's got kind of a kind of got like coconut grassy flavors to it it's a really intriguing sipping rum for being as young as it is um it's 45 um which is i think it's a little bit high for rum i think rums are usually in the 80 to 85 proof yeah so this being 90s might be a little high mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's good rum i would highly recommend it if anyone's ever down in florida and they want some rum um Obviously, rum is a staple of Florida. It's been made in this state for longer than it was a state. Yeah. Well, you get the uh, get that Cuban population in there, and uh, yeah. You know. I gotta say that rum is the one uh, liquor. I'm sure we all have this, but rum is the one liquor that I can never drink again because uh-huh. I, I will. If I even just sniff rum, I'll feel sick. Nowadays. Was it? Uh, was it because of Captain Morgan or Admiral Nelson? Well, it was because of Ron Diaz. Ron oh, Diaz, those, those nasty, yeah, those na- that's nasty captain down there. But yeah, yep. yeah, rum. They've been they've been doing that. Yeah, probably what since the 17th, 16th century. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I literally stuff that that's it was. Uh, you know, the Spanish were down here, uh, quote unquote, founded the right state um obviously they didn't um but um european wise founded the state in the uh 16th century and they've been making rum supposedly ever since so um, it's it's a pretty 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 long heritage for distilled spirits i had Um, uh i had some great rum when i went to uh the dominican republic a couple years ago mm. um they had some great rum down there and uh yeah uh I guess you kind of, you're right, Connor. If you go back to your early days of drinking, you drank cheap, you know, uh, rum, uh, Admiral Nelson, Captain Morgan, that type of shit. Right. It gives you a bad taste. Right. When you have really good rum, that's not that sweetened bullshit that they give you in college. Yeah. It's actually really good. You know, it's actually, you know. It has been a while. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should give it another shot. You know, uh, yeah. as, As of right now. It's- yeah, you know, tequila did that for me, and it took me, oh, I'd say about twelve years to be able to drink it again. And yeah. now I can find. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, there's still some tequila that I can't. Specifically, Jose Cuervo, which is what made me sick the first time. Ah, gotcha. See, I loved Jose Cuervo when I was in mm. college, and tequila is like one of the things I have constantly loved drinking wow. over the years. Well, um, there's, there's supposedly some good tequila down here too, so you should check that out when you're down here yeah hell yeah well, i'm sure we'll we'll check out some hard liquor when we're down there in uh fort lauderdale slash miami in, in june here but um that well we got to tell people we gotta tell people we're going there we are we're going there yeah uh even if the team sucks uh what you're going to talk about right now talking about miami uh no dave <laughs> we're, t- we're talking about the loons because uh we played a game on Saturday. I think we'd rather talk about Miami. Right I now. think we would. Well, and I, I meant the club, Miami. Oh, yeah, I meant that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, <laughs> much better. <laughs> we, uh, 
we played a game on Saturday, guys, that uh, boggles my mind. But before we get into that, let's talk first about the uh, confusion over Robin Lud and Amaria before this game even started. Now, day before it starts, Amaria and Lud are not practicing. He says Lud is out with an illness. Amaria is his wife has had the baby. Uh, congratulations to him on his uh, uh, new kid. Yeah. Um, but they'll be they'll, they're going to be available for Saturday's game. Okay. Saturday comes and Lude's not available. Amaria is not available. And then we hear that both Lude and Amaria are both ill. And then people backtrack on it and said, well, no, Lude's ill. Amaria's still with the kid. So Heath either didn't have his fucking stuff right or he was just trying to deke out SEC, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, I think I think it's the latter. You, you know, it's a smoke screen. It's so typical. Yeah. And we probably we probably, if we weren't if I, like me, I'm trying to be optimistic, but we probably should have realized that mm-hmm. we wouldn't see them in the 18. I so I don't know. I was disappointed not to see, you know, Robin Lou, especially, but I mean, I, I just looking back at it, I'm not surprised, you know, that's that's just so classic. The well, injury points in MLS are not good typically. But, but then but then of course our starting lineup is really up top. It's what Adrian Anu. It's Anu at the nine. Yep. At the nine. And, and then it's you have Bongi at the, Bongi. the left wing yep. and uh then Lottie on the right. Right wing. Yep. And and so we got that going and, and then we get Will Trap, you know, he's there in the middle with uh with Ariaga. And yep. uh, we'll talk about Will Trap because David has been pretty much on point with Will Trap this whole season, the way he has played. If you go back and look at the stats and some of the things Will Trap has done, you can see it clear as day. Um, and of course, our back line was the same. Uh, we should mention that uh, uh, Chase Gasper, of course, people probably know, got traded to the Galaxy. Um, I think that was a trade that um, he wanted because I think he saw the writing on the wall that with taxi in here, he was not going to get minutes. Um, and uh, I mean, wish we wished uh, Chase Gasper luck. Mm-hmm. I think the trade actually worked out well for both sides. We got some, yeah. a pretty good amount of gam to begin with. And if, if Chase hits some marks, we get even more gam. So um, it could be up close to a million bucks worth of gam. So, yeah, it, it is uh, one of those, it is one of those things. And plus, plus I, you know, he, you know, he, what Gasper went to Maryland, but he he also went to US UCLA. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously familiar with the Los Angeles area, and so yeah. it's probably a place where he's comfortable at, which is great for him. And if so, I it, hopefully it just kind of worked out. Like you know, hey, are you open to this? Gasper's like, well, yes, I am. You know, and like you said, Tony, good for both sides. You know, maybe Gasper will get a little more of an opportunity. Although, who would you say our old pal was? It Raheem Sterling is starting out there. Typically, uh, Sterling's out there. Yep. yep. So. And uh, Gasper got some minutes this weekend too. He came in in the 59th minute against Austin, and in the 88th minute, guess what he did? Scored a goal. He got a card. Oh shit! Oh yeah. Where they were playing Portland, right? This past Sunday. I yeah. thought it was uh, Saturday. Austin. I thought Austin. it was Austin. It was. Yeah, yeah it is it Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh. So yeah. Uh, green. So I knew it was green. Yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say, guys, uh, let's quickly, this game against uh, FC Cincinnati, we actually 
let me tell you guys what we predicted for this game. Okay. Because uh, Connor and Dave predicted the, that we'd win 3 0. Uh, I predicted we'd win 2 0. And David predicted we'd win 4 to 1. Okay. Oh, um, boy. This is the game. I, I think we all. I think we all thought this was the game where the offense was going to show what it can actually do. Instead, we got absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing from this offense. Nothing. Um, so let's talk about uh, David. What was it on on Twitter? Somebody wanted to talk about our offensive uh, what, what identity tactics. Like describe. We have. Uh, I think it was Hot Cloud's account that said yeah. it. Describe, describe the tactics that, um, or system. Sorry, just I'd describe the system clearly, and <laughs> you can't. And I, I mean, and I responded to them and I said, you know, we're gonna we'll address it, but no one's gonna like the answer because yeah. there is no answer. There's no fucking answer. Well, the, no, there there is an answer, Dave. David, there's an answer. It is there is no system. And the system they play is uh, Ray in the middle trying to do whatever he possibly can to get people to score a goal or him score a goal. I don't see any type of, you know, movement or any, I don't, I don't see that. I just, I I see nothing. I see nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely none. And this, you know, forwards, it's just, just like in the hockey, you know, forwards should constantly be circling up there Mm -hmm. Uh, confusing to defense and there's absolutely nothing They're They're trying to keep a very rigid formation. It looks like, yeah. and it's, but they're trying to keep it too strictly four, two, three, one. And yeah. they can't do that. It's, it's ridiculous. And can I, can I just say, actually, I did like what, uh, this is one of the games I thought Reynoso, Reynoso actually did play better in uh, mm-hmm. because he, because I thought his passing was good and I thought his uh, gameplay was good. Um, but nobody around him was giving him anything. No, he, it was just awful to watch the attack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's also, I mean, it also could be, cho- be chalked up to the attack mm-hmm. where um, that Reynoso is not used to seeing right now because it's a completely different top four, yep. but it's, it's still just, come on, you practice together. You need to be on the same page. Well, if we had actually, I, again, our attack and David will I'll probably agree with me on this. Your attack starts in the midfield. And David, what have you, what have you been saying about Will Trapp this whole damn season? You know, he his his stats, his his high level stats hide how poor he actually is. People see, oh, he's passing like 80%. He's passing, I think he's been as high as like maybe 83%. Yeah. But you don't see how poor he really is until you dig into those stats. Last or Saturday night, he had seven passes that went forward for at least 10 yards. That's less than 25% of his passes went forward for, for more than 10 yards. I mean, he the distri- distribution in a 4-2-3-1 needs to go through that midfield. Mm-hmm. And if Ariaga isn't passing, which he wasn't, much at all yeah and wasn't passing forward at all he's playing very defensive then trap has to do it and trap cannot every time we try to move the ball back to front through will trap we fail miserably and his because his passing is so short 
He doesn't carry the ball into into the attacking side very often. So what happens then? You you see Reynoso have to track back in in some cases all the way into the defensive half to get the ball, and now all of a sudden he's got to carry the ball a bunch of yards to even find anything or do long passes. We talked about this last week. I mean, it's it's uh, infuriating how terrible trap is for this offense. I mean, I get he's he's got something. I mean, he's not terrible. I mean, he's not himself that bad, but for this offense, he's just not good. Um, he's, but he's, he's – let me interject here, David. He's better off playing more defensively than he is playing – I, I think up oh, top thing. I think and so. Then, and to, it, your point, right, Dave, to your one, point, and Dave, then to your point, Tony. Continue. Oh, just one thing you go on. Um, Rosales was in for 13 minutes, I think it was. He had more progressive passes than Trap had. In any, I mean, think about that 13 minutes to 77 minutes. And it, he had more progressive passes than Trap. Yep. All right, Dave, go on. Oh yeah, no, sorry to interrupt, but I, yeah, kind of to, to to combine your Tony Tony and your points, um, and just getting back to a little little more on the basic level, obviously, just a question I was having and wondering. Obviously, you know, you noted David that the that the possession needs to start, you know, through the defensive mids through a, a trap. Now, is that that's still the case, even though in correct and correct me if I'm wrong, but in this four two three one that if we're talking about systems that that Heath plays, obviously having your wings you know, having your fullbacks go down the pitch, you know, carry the ball forward in a lot of cases down those wings. But even in that case, you would still expect your defensive mid to to distribute the ball out to the wings there in that case. Um, well, not necessarily. Yeah, probably, but not necessarily. I mean, it kind of depends. That ends up being, you know, wherever DSC decides to distribute out of the box. And then uh, I suppose, and maybe, you know, with we know that Kymer Lawrence can do that, can – He's had success earlier, maybe not so much last night or on Saturday night, but uh, we we have seen it before, but we don't have, you know, Metonier, obviously, Chase Gasper's now gone. But then when they do that, then don't those, you know, doesn't a trap, doesn't he have to then stay back because of the advancements of your fullbacks down the wing? Yeah, I mean, it'll depend on, it'll, it'll depend on which side, you know, we have more concern of. Um, you know, obviously you have, you have two center backs that are supposed to take care of business and you've got a, a six that's supposed to stay back as well. Theoretically, you can have, what is that math? Uh, math is hard. Seven guys going forward into the, um, into the opponent's half. Mm -hmm. As long as you have your three guys back that can, that can cover that field. Now, Ariaga can cover that field, but now, and, it, and then you go into, okay, which side of the offense of the opponent's attack are you most concerned of? And that six should be shading that direction. Um, you don't, obviously, you don't want to see Trap and Ariaga 20 yards out from goal. I mean, it, or not that much anyway. I mean, sometimes you want to overload the, overload the box and do that. But um, there were a number of times I think that I even texted you guys where there was one point for sure where both of them were inside 25 yards yeah. and it's, and we got burned on a um, counterattack that didn't amount to a goal, but um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason you can't have one of your two defensive mids 
pushing up the attack um, when both of your fullbacks are pushing forward, but you don't want them that far up. I mean, you got to be reasonable unless again, you're trying, you're pushing for a goal and you're trying to trying to overload. Um, but we seem to do that on a regular basis. What's crazy is generally speaking, if trap finds himself that far up, he tends to pass back. Mm-hmm. And it, I think a big reason for that is a lot of times when he gets that far forward, Reynoso's back. And it's a weird, I don't understand. That's where this whole system thing comes in that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why you see Reynoso so deep sometimes. I mean, I there were a lot of times Saturday night, there are a lot of times over this entire first part of the season where Reynoso is hanging out 40 yards back. It makes it does not make a lot of sense. And I don't think that's, I mean, of all the times I've seen 4231, I've not noticed the 10 sitting that far back. It doesn't make any sense. They seem very ineffective back there. Does uh do you think he does? Do you think that he does that because of his uh how trap and Ariaga play? I do, or do you think it's Ray's deal? I mean, well, I mean, it could be. It it could Wait. be, but like with with he, with Heath's uh, what Heath should do then is he should coach Ariaga and Trap and Reynoso to switch their roles in that kind of situation because sure. it's uh, it's Trap and Ariaga that should be backing up Reynoso who should be closer to the goal. Um, so it's it I mean it again it it comes down to the system and uh, what the coach is doing uh, right. what the coach is doing to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly to Connor's point. I mean, you can't – I mean, what's the point of overloading the box by bringing your eight or whatever you want to call trap up that high if you're going to then pull Reynoso out? I mean, unless – I don't know. I mean, I don't get it. I don't know why you do it. Because the whole point of bringing those defensive midfielders forward is to overload – the defense and cause a mismatch and get in, get a shot. But if you're pulling your creative guy or anyone back out, then you're, you're defeating the purpose. You're pushing eight defensive men or eight orange guys into the box to defend, but then you're pulling one of your guys out. You're not doing anything to benefit. Um, So it's, if, if Ray is doing that just because it's Ray, then Heath should be saying, knock the hell off and stay up there. If it's Heath doing it, then it makes no fucking sense. Well, again, it, it might be kind of both. Uh, what I want to say, guys, about defensive midfielders, though, is I think of defensive midfielders, especially in this formation, as a garbage truck, okay? You have a driver of the garbage truck, and you have the garbage man on the back cleaning up all the garbage, Okay. We, we have that now. Ariaga is the guy in the back cleaning up all the garbage, and we've seen that he is really good at doing that, okay? And Ozzy was the same way. Yeah. Ozzy, garbage guy, just he's there to make his presence felt and known, whatever. You need a, you need a driver, okay? And Will Trap, at this point, is not a driver. Yeah, He yeah. is a garbage man that Heath has turned into a driver, but doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. The guy well, doesn't know like, what he's doing. 
he's almost like the guy on the garbage truck that hangs off the side. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's he kind of in, in between, back, like off the side. He's kind of in between a little bit. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. You know, right. it's like, I don't know to pass back, pass forward. I don't know what's what we need a driver. Now, Jan was a driver. Okay. Yeah. He could be in the front. He could make those passes. He could also hit from outside. That's why I call him the sniper. He could be that guy. Okay. Didn't have to be as defensively good as Ozzy was, but he could make things happen up front. We don't have that. Well, we do. Maybe we yeah. do. Maybe. And maybe in Rosales, we do. Yeah. But the fact is until he figures out that trap is not fit for being in that position, we're going to keep doing this. And, you know, I think that timing may not come very quickly mm-hmm. as long as Trap does well on defense. Yeah. Okay. Right. This is, a, this is a bad game to go by because, I mean, FCC wasn't really that good. So no. you can't really look at well, the defensive stats and say, well, this is that because – I mean, Trap barely did anything on defense, but neither did Ariaga. They didn't have to. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't. If you look at, I mean, Dane again in this game. Um, I mean, who? I mean, I, I I know you can look at the stats and the, the shots on goal were relatively equal. The shots were relatively equal, but I mean, if you go back and look, I mean, it was really FCC with the most dangerous uh, shots, in my opinion. I mean, they had one hit the post. I believe in the late in the first half, uh, Dane Sinclair again needed to make good saves, you know, again, that's his job for the most part, but there was a couple where, you know, he really needed to be on top of his game, which he was again, we've seen this all year, basically with Dane, fortunately, because I mean, as steady as the back line has been even trapped defensively, Ariaga's big body back there, he, he can contribute, but Dane's had to be a little busier than you'd like. And so I, I, in my opinion, that's why this game started going downhill in the first half, late in the first half. I mean, it was Minnesota early um, with, you know, they had some set piece chances and I think Ray had, you know, Ray looked pretty good in those set pieces, not so much on the corners, I think, but at least on the free kicks, I think Ray looked good, but the game really started to go sideways for me pretty quick. And then by the time you got in the second half, it was just, you know, body, you know, people were getting tired out there and it just was very uninspired. And I mean, it was a complete opposite. David, you and I, we stayed up late last week and watched LAFC or yeah, LAFC, the game out in Los Angeles. And we were kind of hoping for that nil, nil scoreline to hold. It almost did. It didn't. And it, now by the end of this game, you're, you're thinking the same thing. And it's, it's, it's much more subdued, of course, because you're at home against a team that, you know, you'd like to think that you beat most of the time here at home. This yeah, you know, I, I you think... would hope that you beat them all the time at home. Yeah. FC Cincinnati yeah. at Allianz Field, a well, team that has like had, doesn't have a long history in the MLS, but in the history they do have, have been it's... horrible. Well, yeah. right, and and all the only the only game yeah. I can oh. think of when I think of Cincinnati is that seven nil. We got touched on it last one, time. Yeah, but yeah. you know, sure. I can think. when you're at home, you should be beating anyone that is equal or below you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it is. You right. need to um, with the with yeah. the with the way the home road splits, you know, yeah. usually yeah. work in the MLS. And even a couple teams that are above you at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you should never. I mean, and I think it generally is this way anyway. You should never expect anything less than a draw at home. But um, yeah, if if you're playing a team that's not as good as you, there's absolutely no excuse for anything less than a win. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I think, you know, if you if you look at this, if you look at the stats, um, Ariaga was only twenty percent successful pressures. Um, Trap was seventeen point six percent. I mean, O'Neill Fisher was twenty one. Uh, but then you had, you know, you had some bright spots with Tabasi was 45 and a half. Boxel is 37 and a half. That's a little low. Um, but, you know, you had Reynoso, that's 47%. I mean, even Abu was 45. Yeah. Um, Bongi was 46. Adrian Anu was 71%. He was the winner for the yeah. pressure success. I mean, you've got guys playing defense. You, the guys that um, needed to play defense – weren't so great and you and i immediately am going to go to ariaga's defense and say playing with trap probably made him worse yeah Uh, i mean i I just think i just think it is because he's trap is so erratic like i said you you could find him literally from box to box and i get that that's an eight job (laughs) it's a box to box midfielder yep but not in this formation like that's not how that 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 guy is supposed to work in this no. format um he he just he's just too all over the place and so, i remember that goal at all um in terms of if that was if that was started by poor defense further up i don't think it really was i think it was just bad defense box but I it was, we gave it away my, didn't we it was my memory memory my memory of the goal is just it was damn it, it was they so found late. an opening they found it, it was so late. It looked a little lazy to me. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah, there's too run. much space. I mean, Kamar Lawrence was over there and just yeah. I don't know. They, they, actually, they, were having, they, they weren't marking their guys well enough. And they yeah, but, Tony, you're right. They left too much. They space. found it up. They found an opening, and this is what your strikers are supposed to do, right? Um Several. guys, let's bring this full circle because we started off talking about this. What's our identity? What 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 what's our tactic? I mean, is there a tactic? And d- does Heath have a tactic? No, I don't think he does. And well, well, he, he, played, he might he plays a conservative. He plays to, since he's got here. He's played and maybe some of that in the early years, especially was out of necessity. But he's played a conservative four-two-three-one defensive you know, yeah. approach, putting putting priority on the defensive defensive backs and, and the goalkeeping positions. That's that's always been the case, mm-hmm. and I guess we're fortunate here. 10 games into the season that that has been the case because, you know, all these low scoring games, unfortunately that this team is involved in with the exception of a couple, uh, thanks to late goals was that. And then, but I, I, and then I don't know, it's the same story. It's, it's fine. You have that, you have the four, two, three, one, and then it's been the rotation at striker. And we, we have another striker start up top on Saturday, you know, and Hanu and out of necessity again. And, and those, those four are rotating around and, and maybe, Maybe he's trying to find the right combination. Again, this past Saturday was out of maybe necessity because of a couple of absences in Lude and Armoria, but it's frustrating. It's the same problem that they've had now for a couple of years at least. Yeah, um, you know, I think um, the issue that I have with Adrian Heath is he tinkers too much. And it's weird because sometimes he doesn't tinker at all, but it depends on the location in which he's doing it. And this season, he's had 10 games. 10 different, 10 different starting 11s. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a situation where I think, and I'm going to maintain, we should not have started Bongi and Dinladi and Lud against LAFC the way that he did. 
Yep. I don't care if they come in and they light it up at the end of two matches. Yep. Stick with a formation, and that is your system and your identity. Yep. And it, the longer you stick with it, things are going to start working. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to go 10 games, and it's not working at all. But if you're if you're going to just start moving people around because you don't really think, you know, three games have passed and it didn't quite work or two games passed and they worked at the very end of the matches. So you're going to switch it up. No, don't just stick with it. These players are not bad players. We know that they're not bad players. So let them work it out. The more and more you tinker, you know, even if it's just one player, you're screwing up chemistry, you're screwing up minutes together. And that's where I think that's why I say I don't think Heath has a system. I don't think he has an identity. He doesn't know what he wants because he can't just be patient. He can't just inter- get decide. Yeah. Yeah. Decide. And it's interesting, you know, one thing that has been relatively consistent in his tenure here since the beginning in, in 2017 is the 4231. And, you know, could there, and I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but you know, could he ever change up? formation you know that's when you talk about tactics i don't see it and the sad thing is when they do switch into say a four through three it usually doesn't work out no. and it uh, and i anyways. think the reason is because they don't ever switch mm-hmm. and when they do switch they switch out of weird uh i don't know he he says i remember last year he switched to a four three three in some important game and he said that the reason he did it was because he wanted to clog up the midfield that's not a reason to just completely throw your tactics out the window. No. It's like play, just change up your players and keep the formation. Allow your yep. players to play into the formation. Get used to the formation. If you need to clog up the midfield, then you use the exact same formation, but with players that are better clogging up the midfield. I mean, you don't have to change the entire, you don't have to throw the entire baby out with the bathwater i mean that's not right you can make little changes here and there as long as you maintain your identity if you want to do four two three one fantastic it's a good formation but get your team sold on the idea by always doing that and sticking with the same personnel as much as you possibly can don't change unless there's a necessity don't change unless you have a midweek game you know don't change unless you have somebody you know, injured or somebody's out ill or somebody has a baby. Somebody's sorry, somebody's partner has a baby. Um, I mean, that's when you change make changes. Like Saturday probably made sense because there were issues that needed to be addressed. Necessity. Don't make changes just because this these three guys played well for 40 minutes in two different matches at the end of the match. That's not a reason to change. And um, it, that's that's the problem. He needs to just stick, stick with it. Do we now uh, finishing this up, guys? We've been here with Adrian Heath before, where we've had problems with what he's done. Um, Heath out has been kind of a, a simmering thing in this fan base for I don't know a couple of years now. Every time it rears, yeah, I'd say more like five years. Yeah. Uh, okay. And every time it rears its ugly head. Uh, we've somehow come out of it and then everything's all good. Is this another case of that? Is this another case of everybody's Heath out? And then all of a sudden uh, Wednesday, we went against Colorado, uh, go out to, I think we have Seattle 
uh, next Saturday or Sunday. We go out and be Seattle. And then everybody's like off that whole Heath out kick. Or is this, is this truly the, the death knell and the dying embers of, of Heath? Is this it? I, I, I could listen to arguments on both sides of that fence. Really. I could. Um, I, I don't know that. I think it, it, it's it's tough for me. They're still they're they're on that playoff line. If you look at the standings, they're in seventh. I think I don't know if through ten games last year, um, you, you know, it's you know it's a it's a weird season. You know, it's the opposite of last year. But they're in about the same, if not the same spot as they were last year after ten games. Of course, the four games last year was horrible. But here they are. They're still they're still in the hunt. They know it's most likely the Western Conference is going to be this way all year long. You're not, you know, you're going to, you're going to win games. You're going to lose games and you just hope you end up on the other side of that line. And, and it's hard to say. And if he does, then I can see you making a case, especially if they make a run in the U S open cup, Tony, like you mentioned, I, yeah. I'm not as optimistic about that, especially with the midweek games. Cause this, this may, the rest of may here gets really busy with back-to-back midweek games. Thanks to the U S open cup, some tough competition on the road, you know, and back home. So yeah. it's really tough. Um, and then, but then that, all that being said, never mind. then I'll keep it short is, Hey, I mean, in my opinion, five years is, is a, is a long run, you know, to be a head coach these days. It really is the, the head coaches that sit in, in the same team, regardless of sport for more than five years is, is a bit rare these days. Yeah. You got the handful of coaches that do, but it's, it's unusual. This team has not progress much you know they yeah they had the run to the western conference final but that ended badly and um you know they they they, yeah they achieved their three-year plan made the playoffs and have ever since they did that for the first time but it's just been kind of stagnant and the same issues have 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 been a problem here now at least the last two years if not more as far as you know scoring goals that strike with carousel and the system or lack thereof so yeah I, i I didn't give you really an answer. I just said I could see it both ways, and I, I got to see how it plays out in the next few weeks. I think. Yeah. yeah you got, you gotta, no. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Go ahead Connor. Okay. Uh, yeah, you got to. I mean, only time will tell, really. Um, if we go to, I, I think if we go to Seattle and win, which I can't possibly see happening, um, the uh, then I think that uh, a lot of people will get off that Heath out train. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, like, yeah. We've come to a point now where we have consistently found ourselves fighting for a playoff spot uh, that's going to be on the road or you're going to be just below the playoff line. You, We need change in order to get back to the point where we're hosting a home playoff game, where we're making that run to the Western Conference Final and even the MLS Cup, and Heath isn't changing his game plan. So... I have, and if he doesn't, I see Heath, I, I see the Heath out train getting bigger and I see Minnesota not making the playoffs this year. And I think if Minnesota doesn't make the playoffs, then Heath should be out because we uh-huh. have way too much, cha- we have way too much talent in order to actually, in, to actually not make the playoffs with, uh, with a playmaker in Reynoso We've got some great super subs to come on. We've got a great back line, uh, a potential Canadian starting goalkeeper. Um, it's we're just too good of a team to be playing this way. 
and it comes down to coaching. So if Heath is doesn't want to change his game plan, um, or at least his, his game play, I, mean, I know he's tinkered with the, the starting lineup a lot, uh, but he hasn't changed his game play his, his game play at all. So I, I mean, like I said, time will tell. I I personally hope for the best, but planning for the worst. Uh, one more thing, a little bit, uh, a, a little bit. Uh, going back to what you were saying, Dave, we have to stop using that uh, three-year plan and the run to the Western Conference as kind of an excuse for Adrian Heath. Because it's that the run the run to the Western Conference was what two years ago now, and we have a, we have half of our players are different now, so it's not the same team that made that run a couple of years ago. So it's just, it, I mean, yeah, it was great we that yeah. we made that run that year, but we have to stop leaning back on that as an excuse. Like yeah. Adrian Heath brought us to the Western Conference Finals. That this was two years ago, and we need to be looking forward and not backward. Yeah, and I, and that's what I was I was in the contents context that I brought that up. That's that I totally agree with you. I, I was just bringing it up because it happened, and and mm-hmm. I totally in agreement with you. We we can't use that. You know, if anything, you could you could look at that as a tremendous failure. You you know you have you blew a significant lead in that game. But anyways, enough about that. Um, let uh, David. Yeah. Uh, well, no, yeah, you know, I, I think, um, in my opinion, I think he needs to be on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, I think the Heath out crowd is always going to ebb and flow. Um, I, I think that there's m- way more justification um, than what there was even a few weeks ago. Um, but I, I think that, you know, if he can, if he can settle down and he can pick an 11 and he can stick with it and he can get them to perform if we can make the playoffs, he big, keeps that's that's a big if. That's a big if, David. But big the if. reality is, now in my opinion, I've I've been all over the place with the out. Um, we all have. For the most part, I think I've been pretty supportive of him far, yeah. far more than I ever should. Yeah. And to me, I'm pretty much done with him. I don't. I would not. I would love to see him gone tomorrow. But uh, you know, I mean, I'm not like I don't. I don't know that I'm necessarily Heath out. Like I'm not advocating over and over for him to be fired. It's just, I'd be like, okay with it. And the Um, other thing is, you know, even if you're okay with it, David, that's fine. And, um, but I mean, do we, is there anybody here on this show that would want to see him out mid season? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, unless, unless uh, I mean, tank, but let's not, let's not what would happen. That's a slippery slope to go down right now. Let's Let's I still keep, think let's, this team is going to make the playoffs. You know, if they I mean, started tomorrow, which they don't, they would. But I, I this team is good enough. Yeah. Personally, I think um, if they if they get out of May with no more than how many games do we have in May? We got there's 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 four, five four, at least I mean, four because the there's home. a mid yeah there's at least four because of the midweek game. There's yeah. at least four more. So. I, I think it's I think it's five. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, with the midweek game. One, two, three, LA four, five. Yes. Okay, five so more if, games. We get, if we don't get, sorry, if we get out of May with fewer than 10 points. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I say he, I fully support, and as much as I do not like firing a coach midseason or anytime during the season, I would be fully supportive of it. I don't even care if we're over the 
if we're over the uh, playoff line. I, I just yeah. think that that would be I'd be okay with it. Ten points still- actually is is a big ask for me. I mean, and it only is because I mean we we touched on it, but I mean you're going out to Seattle. Uh, more on that maybe later, but Seattle, Seattle, LA, Dallas. I mean, New- well, yeah, NYCFC. Mind- these games are not. Uh, they're not against well, bottom draw. Right, keep in mind that one of them is a U.S. Open Cup game too. So just the. I don't know about. I don't know if ten points is attainable, but. Uh, um, but I, um, I would say eight. Oh, so eight. yeah. So there's four. Yeah, I'm, so that's what we were talking about. There's four MLS uh, regular season games. Okay, so there's four. Okay. Yeah. Then I mean, I would say eight points. Eight points. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think. Dallas um, is is good, but I don't think they're phenomenal. Um, LA Galaxy is beatable. Um, I know we have not historically beaten them or played well against them, period, let alone in LA. Um, and, of course, we have not historically played well in Dallas or in Texas, period. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's something we can't, like, no. This is part of my problem with Adrian Heath is we can't give him a pass just because we're on the road. No. Now, Dave, I know you said, you know, the home away splits are a big deal, which they are. But if you want to be a good team, you have to win on the road. You and do. If you want to be in the top three, yeah, yeah you absolutely have terrible. to. I mean, yeah. you know, the way that we've done it historically, I mean, it just can't do it. And, it. and I think that that's the thing. If we can't get out of May with eight points, if people call for his head, I'll back them. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, before we go to break, guys, I just want to mention that uh, Bill McGuire had a nice sit-down interview with, uh, I think it was Andy Greeter, I believe. Um, I think I'm right on that. Did you guys read that article at all? I did not get to oh, read it. I, I have it saved and I haven't read it. Um, I read it. And uh, like a lot of people on Twitter, I totally agree with those people where uh, – Bill McGuire seems like a guy who is cool with what's going on with this team and uh, doesn't seem like he's going to make a lot of changes just to make changes, which reminds me a lot of Glenn Taylor. Uh, So I'm a little concerned about that because Glenn Taylor with the Timberwolves being a Timberwolves fan has not been very good with making changes at the uh, head coaching and general managers positions. So, We'll see how the Adrian Heath thing plays out with Bill McGuire. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know what? <laughs> it, 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 we'll see what happens. It's interesting that you say that because I said something to somebody on Twitter yesterday or this morning, I can't remember now, mm-hmm. um, that I said it really feels like this organization, the people within this organization don't know enough about soccer mm-hmm. to realize that we're bad. Well, and that you saying that, um, having not read the article yet, and you saying that makes me think that it's it's true. Our ownership doesn't know enough about soccer, which he doesn't. I mean, I think he's admitted. Yeah. You know, he went, the only reason he bought the team was because he went to a game and he thought it was cool. It's a uh, it's a I mean, Glenn Glenn Taylor problem, is what it is. It's that's what it is. Um, and and. We could talk about some depth guys. The Minnesota Wild were, went through that for a while, and now they've got a great ownership group with a good general manager who came in and said, fuck it, let's blow things up, and look how they're doing now. Uh, the Timberwolves finally uh, getting uh, new ownership in 
have made around the twins, unfortunately with the pole lads, but they got new general managers doing shit. The Vikings, I won't get into them, but seriously, it, it, it the Timberwolves are like the best model. I think for what the loons are doing, where it's stability, 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 and things don't change. And yeah. if we get, if we get the, if we get into that rut, I'm going to have some problems with this team because the Timberwolves had these problems for years and I I hated every minute of it. So uh, let's go to break, come back from break guys. We're going to go quickly around the horn because we have two games to talk about. We're just going to do quickly. We think the score is going to be for the Colorado game and the Seattle game. Colorado game is U.S. Open Cup. Seattle game is MLS uh, regular season, of course. And then uh, Connor, I think we have t- we have time for some a little bit of history, and then maybe a question or two from you. And then I got one short, not really funny, but interesting story to talk about at the end. So we'll be back in just one minute, guys. And we're back. Took a little break. Talked about stuff. Connor's eating on the podcast once again, which is fine. He does that. Yeah, my, my okay. wife bought me a, a six-piece chicken strip basket from DQ. So, oh, I used to, it kind of I used to make those, by the way. Oh, really? I used to, I used to be nice. I used to be the uh, head grill guy at the uh, uh, Dairy Queen in Apple Valley. Uh, Dave could vouch for me on that one. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I, was, I was the guy down there. I'm I was, impressed, I was, man. I was, I was the man. Yeah. Um, I'll tell that story another time. We don't have time for that, but the reason why I got that job is completely teenage boy attitude and we'll get into it later let's go around the horn guys uh we have a game coming up wednesday against colorado at home u.s open cup wish we were playing the nebraska team somebody else didn't end up that way on the draw but so we get colorado here we're uh dave are you going to the game I don't think so. Although I'm still think I'm my my the gears are spinning in my head. I'm we'll see. Okay. Maybe Connor's going it out. Connor's going to the game. I am going. Oh, to the game. and uh, by the way, everybody on this uh, listening here, uh, Connor, myself, and Dave. Well, Dave potentially, but at least Connor, myself, and some of his friends and family are going to go to the All Star game because Connor got us freaking tickets. Hell yeah! So we'll be we'll be fucking at the All Star game this year. Yeah, yeah man. I wonder what kind of stars are going to be there. So you think, you think um, David Beckham will make a show being no, the owner of Miami? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think there'll be any stars there. Maybe uh, uh, what's her, what's her name? Uh, Liz, what's the the rapper chick's name from Minneapolis? Lizzo. Uh, Lizzo. Maybe she'll be there. Might be. There. Maybe. Yeah, about it. Uh, so, guys, Colorado on Wednesday. Let's start with David. Score prediction Wednesday. Um, one two loss. Ooh, ooh, out of the out of the whole thing. All right, uh, Dave, what about you? Yeah, these this these are interesting to pick because I I don't I don't I don't I'm gonna go one nil win. Uh, for my prediction, it's just it, it is hard to predict because you don't know how these teams are gonna take it, and you don't know what the rotation is gonna look like because you'd expect a fairly decent rotation for these games. Uh, from probably both squads, I'm still going to stay on the optimistic side and go one nil. I'm always wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, what the heck? Dave's going for the win. I'm going to go with a two to one win. 
because uh, just because I think our lineup's going to be a little different. They're going to score two goals. Everybody's going to be like, oh, look, we're back. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe not. Connor, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win, I think. Right. Um, it feels really weird to give scores like that after talking about a game like this, but um, uh, mm. it's, I, I think uh, at home in the U.S. Open Cup, we've had good history, and uh, of course, we've already beaten Colorado here this year. Mm-hmm. I think we'll do the same. All right. All right, guys. Next up, we have Seattle next Sunday, three o'clock game in Seattle. I'll go first. I'm going to peg this as a two. I'm going to say a two nil loss to Seattle, even though uh, they are missing uh, their midfielder. Yeah, he's he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, That's right. He is. Which and he. he and, Unfortunately, yeah, during the uh, CONCACAF Champions League final, he got hurt, ACL uh, injury. And he made, made the best 11 last year, guys. He's a uh, top he's midfielder a mid- in the league. He's a loons killer, too. We know loons that killer. from yeah. Early, yeah. earlier in the season. Even so. He's had but, a couple of, couple of good uh, strikes against us, yep. I do not. Even with that loss, the manager for – who's the manager for Seattle? Brian Schmetzer. Spencer just knows what the frick the buttons to push and the strings to pull. The guy knows what's going on. Uh, he's good to go. Uh, Connor, what do you think? Hmm. I'm gonna say a three-one loss. I think Ooh. Ooh. we've never been good at Seattle. That's so. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna change the way we're playing. Yeah. David, two-two draw. Ooh, there you go. Wow. It's got that. And Dave? I'm going to go with my mantra of I'm never right anyways in my prediction. So I'm going to go 2-1 loss at Seattle. Mm. So hopefully I'll be wrong and they'll win or take the 2-2 draw like David predicts. It, this this is so interesting, you know, because now like Seattle, and I should say props to them for winning the CONCACAF Champions League. I don't know if we brought that up, but uh, mm-hmm. against Puma, Pumas, that, that's awesome to see MLS first time and uh, 20 some, I don't know, a long time. I don't long know. Time. I don't know. Long time. It's, but it's the first, it's the first time they've won the champions league, the yeah. champions league. Yeah. It was MLS called something kind of, else. It was called something else like 12 years ago or something like that. And, but, and uh, even in that, yeah. But anyway, the first so, yeah. time an MLS side has won the, the champions league, which is awesome. So congratulations to Seattle. Congratulations to MLS. That's fantastic. Anyways. But the thing, the reason I want to bring that up is that they get to go to the club world cup now. But, cool. but, before, before, but no, no, before you guys talk about that, we don't even know if that's happening yet. It will. Well, it sounds well, like it, it probably will. won't since MLS is involved. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah. No, seriously, they don't know. Right. Like, yeah. I read stories like they don't know it's going to happen yet. Well, yeah. they're talking about expanding it to 2014. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe the loons will be in. But anyway. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Go on. <laughs> no, no. That's. I'm glad you brought that up. It's. It's interesting because it's cool to talk about. It's. But anyways. So my point is, you know, if you obviously Seattle, I think has not had the start to their season that that, that they wanted. They 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 obviously beat the Loons here at Allianz, but other than that, that's only one of their two wins. And but so what I'm getting at is, is it because of a con- a Champions League hangover? because they have to play more games, midweek games, you know, in that champions league, the run up to the final last week. Um, but unfortunately now maybe that uh, champions league hangover is over 
now that they can focus purely on the MLS regular season. And that's kind of what I'm predicting. And that's why I'm going with the loss. So, all right. Yeah. So good, uh, good predictions. I hopefully they come, hopefully the predictions for uh, Seattle are wrong guys. But yes. That's what we'll, I'm hoping. I usually, and we'll I'm see. usually wrong. We'll so see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Connor, you got a little history for us. Yeah, I got a little. Yeah. Um, so today is May 9th. We're going to go back a week to, Let's go to May 3rd because I think the last our last uh, podcast was May 2nd, right? I think so, yeah. Um, so we're going to – okay, here we go. I think this is a new uh, – I think this is a new team name, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19, March 3rd, 1981, the Kicks win a shootout after playing to a 3-3 draw with the Montreal Manic. The Manic? Yep. Thanks. I don't, I, I don't think that, I think that is a new one, isn't it? I yeah. don't think I've mentioned that. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Oh. So what, again, Jesus, I mean, it's like beating a dead horse here. What, what the hell is up with these names? Yeah. The Manic. I feel like, I those feel darn like Canadians. Say, yeah. I feel like it should be Manique. Man, oh, maybe it is. Maybe oh, maybe. maybe it's Manique. How's, how's it spelled? How's it spelled? Yeah. M-A-N-I-C. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. That's as bad no. as it as you get yeah no yeah yeah no um i think this is another new one may 6th 1981 kicks lose 2-0 to the calgary boomers the calgary boomers yeah now this wasn't i mean this is what year was this 1981 well the really so the boomers weren't really a thing yet in terms of the boomer well i'm guessing it's the Oil boomers. Well, yeah, but yeah, okay. Maybe, the yeah. oil boom. In okay, California. okay. But I could be way off. Oil boom in guess. California, though. Hmm. What? Was there an oil boom in California? I mean, oh. I know. Oil, but... Oh, I think you said Calgary. No, Calgary. Oh, Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Was there an oil? But it boom? might not have been that early. I don't know if. Yeah. It, I think you yeah. know it happened probably more recently. So yeah, I'm yeah yeah just spitballing. Yeah, oil sand stuff was recent. Yeah. I don't, boomers was there a boomer of like gold up there or something like that or silver i don't know it could be it could be you know because it's in it's crazy i don't know if you guys have been to calgary but it's i just got back there from there last week literally and it's amazing how you if you open your if you just close your eyes open your eyes when you got off the plane you could almost think you were in denver it's really crazy because you're right right at the base of the Colorado, you know, the, mm. the Canadian Rockies, I should say. Mm-hmm. But and the airport is kind of about the same distance from the mountains mm-hmm. geographically from mm-hmm. the city of Calgary. So it, it is pretty cool, huh? Mm. As that same yeah. kind of feel. Yeah, yeah cool. The metal spoon. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we'll do one more history, uh, which is this one's a really cool one because today, 46 years ago, the Kicks got their first ever win. Ooh. 4-1 against the San Jose Earthquakes. Earthquakes. There, that works. Yep. Hey, so I've got a bit of history. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Today, uh, two years... Wait, sorry. It's 2022. Three years ago, we were in Chicago. We were. And I flipped off the Trump Tower. You did. Wow. That's right. That's that right. was from... That was three years ago, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that was 2019, right? 2019. Yeah. 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 I remember you... Yep. Yeah, was, I don't want to talk about that game. My, uh, yeah. On my OneDrive reminders, apparently I have OneDrive reminders. I didn't yeah. realize. At least That's... we saw a Cubs game. That game was pleasant. Yeah. The Loons, Loons game was not pleasant. Loons yeah. game was horrible. That's The weather That's... was 
weather was terrible. Oh, brutal. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Yeah, if I remember right, the Cubs game that it was it was very sunny. It was a clear. Yeah. It might have been a little breezy, a little cool, but it was a beautiful, a much beautiful day for that baseball game. Yeah. The- it, it was cold because the Cubs fan behind me kept buying me hot chocolate. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. and you were and it was a Brewers game. Yeah, and uh, David got like seats right behind home plate or seat behind home plate. Yeah. Uh, me and Nelson Dave set up on the uh, uh, first base side, uh, and it was uh, it was fun. Not I, bad I, seats, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it was the first time I was at Wrigley, and it was fantastic. Yeah, first time for me too. Yeah, good times. And the Cubs fans were fantastic. Um, yeah, I've they are things about them, but I thought yeah. they're amazing. Great, great, cool. All right. Uh, so, Connor, you got something else you want to uh, talk about? Uh, yeah. So there's a uh, for those of you who watch CBS, uh, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Colbert myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he has come up with something called the Colbert questionnaire, which are according to him, it's supposed to make these 15 questions are supposed to make a person know. Of course, I'm only going to do a couple of them, mm-hmm. uh, but um uh, they're supposed to make a person known to the mm. world. Uh, I think they're just cool conversation pieces, but, uh, mm. um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to do th- three actually. Is that okay, guys? Oh, sure. Yeah. sure. So, uh, all right, everyone. Uh, the first question is what is the best sandwich? Ooh. Ruben. Yeah. Ruben. Very nice. Oh man, that's a tough question. I mean, uh, my mom used to make this. Uh, All right, I should clarify Reuben with pastrami. Mm. Okay, uh, there you go. Yeah, my mom used to make this uh, this peanut butter and pickle sandwich when I was mm. a kid, mm-hmm. um, which I think was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I would say the best sandwich is the uh, Subway spicy Italian. There like, you go. I've I've had that many times. I'm. It's not a bad. What I ever get when I go there. Yeah, yeah. Good times. If, nice. And I'm interesting. You clarify with pastrami, Dave, because I, I I would I off the top of my head is a very, in my opinion, underrated. Just because I don't have it enough, I'd say corned beef or pastrami on rye. That that honestly would have was my first uh, answer. And then a close second for me. I don't know. This might be blasphemous for some people, but would be tuna salad. Well, I can't do dep- tuna. I, mean, I don't like. Yeah, yeah that depends. I, depends. Those are my go-to. You know, I used depends. to be more of like an Italian or a tuna or turkey, I should say, mm-hmm. or something like that. When I'm when I think of sandwiches, um, but no, I have to go with I yeah pastrami or corned beef, and then yeah tuna for me in a second. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question, right. Connor. Next question. All right. Question two out of three. Have you ever asked someone for their autograph? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty Cordova. Uh, Who's Marty Cordova? A former Twins uh, player. He was the Rookie of the Year back in, oh God, it was probably 90, 95, Dave? 95, 96? Yep, that sounds about right mm-hmm. in our in our middle school days, yeah. Marty, Marty Cordova came to the uh, Twins uh, shop in Apple Valley, right by our, right by our, our, where we live. And he got his autograph. Oh, and then we got John oh. Randall's, John Randall. Yeah. <laughs> But it didn't happen. I almost, I almost, I went to, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago now I was in Vegas. I went to Las Vegas Aviators baseball game. Almost went to that game with Marty Cordova, but uh, it didn't work out. What? 
Yeah, friends of a friend. With Marty Cordova? Friend of a friend is yeah, a friend of a friend or my friend is is a well, a friend of a friend is is friends with Marty Cordova. Are you? How shit- many friends do you? Are have you shitting there? me, Dave? Who, who? And he lives in Las Vegas, and yeah, his friend lives in Vegas, and so yeah. they, they their kids are in like little league together or something like that, and they what? So, <laughs> and what? unfortunately, that friend couldn't had to make an out of town trip, so he wasn't going to be there. So Jesus, but that would have been kind of fun. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good about you, David? Um, no, actually, I never, I've never asked for an autograph. Uh, really? I almost mm. did once. Uh, favorite band, MXPX poster, right there. Yeah. Um, went to a show. I bought a picture, was going to ask for an autograph, and as I was handing it to the bass player, Mike Carrera, um, somebody distracted me and said something to me, and he just took it and signed it. (laughs) So I never never actually asked him for it. So theoretically, I've never asked for an autograph. I mean, and even then, because then he passed it on to his bandmates, and I never asked for any of them. So, Oh, wow, that's cool. Oh. Oh, Shit. Um, one more Lindsay oh. Whalen. Lindsay Whalen. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Lindsay Whalen was at the uh, uh, J, was it what the clubhouse? Uh, Dave, you went there a couple times with me when we were, when I was working at Novus, the clubhouse on 394 there. Uh, yeah, JJ's, right? JJ's, JJ's clubhouse. Yeah, uh, we were there drinking one night, me and a couple people from work, and Lindsay Whalen was there, and she was at that point was at the University of Minnesota. And uh, my cousin was a big basketball player. Uh, she was really good up north. And I asked Lindsay Whalen to autograph a napkin for me. Nice. And I gave it to my cousin. So there nice. Yeah. Um, I got uh, I got Jared Houllier's autograph one time. That was pretty cool. A former Liverpool coach oh, yeah. um, over there. So that was pretty cool. It was on a it was on one of those tiny, like size two balls. That nice. Yeah, here. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and uh, oh, when I was the other one that I got was um, uh, I got Zach Parise's one time. Ooh. That, was, that was pretty cool. Zach cool. Parise. Um, yeah. Oh. 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 All right. Last question. Well, uh, never mind me, but yeah. No. Yeah, you did. Oh. Yeah, didn't you get one? I, I I jumped in and talked about Marty Corova, but I never never got his his autograph, and I've never met him, so I just oh gotcha. I am it's I'm definitely not an autograph guy, although I have a couple of friends who are huge huge into autographs, but I am not. Although I mean, the answer is yes, unless you mean like out and ran like a random like I because what I've done over like so the last ten years, I've gone to a number of the Twins Fests. And I oh, have yeah. we've gotten, gotten autographs. Yeah. So I have about, oh, I don't know, 15 baseballs that I have had yeah. personally signed by Twins players, past and present. So, and the only other non-baseball autograph that I have is uh, I got John Randall's back when John, I was in high school. Dave and I were there. Yeah. Yep. At the club, yep. Foosanap Valley, and there was like, what, four of us there? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Not a surprisingly. Surprisingly, oh, wow. for a future Hall of Famer at that time. Yeah. There was me and Dave and like two other people. Yeah. That was it. And I still I still have that hat that I got him signed. But yeah, other than that, just uh, just the I baseball, see. maybe about 15. And but yeah, because I've met players in person and hadn't even, you know, like my famously, I met Randall Cunningham at the Mall of America movie theater, but didn't even think of asking for an autograph. Mm-hmm. I just, hey, how you doing? And then uh, I that's still, cool. I still have the John Randall jersey, actually. He signed hey, my jersey. You had time. Awesome. 
All right, last question. What do you think happens when we die? Oh, man. Uh, it's deep. A, getting deep to the question. Podcast. So, yeah, I don't fuck around with this, man. Yeah, <laughs> these are some real questions. Very no. deep. We might turn some people off from this. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, God, what, what happens when we die? Um, guys, I don't even. I, I mean, I like to think that there's a some sort of like afterlife, but then again, I don't know if there is. So when you die, maybe you go to your happy place. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like happy Gilmore happy place? Yeah, kind of like that. So I'd go to a place with a lot of pull tabs and beer. I guess I don't know. So I feel like everyone. Yeah. I feel like everyone gets their like own personalized like heaven, you know. No, oh, sure, like, sure, sure. Where sure. you're just in a dimension sure. with all your, uh, or it's some kind of afterlife, like you say, Tony. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I probably, I think I, think there's a heaven and a hell. Yeah. 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 If there was, I mean, if there's a hell, I'd be going to a place where Adrian Heath coaches a soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sh- was that too soon? That too it soon? was a re. You'd Tony be on a re- out. Heath you'd out be, now. You'd be mm-hmm. forced. To, your eyelids would be pried open. You'd be forced to watch a replay of Saturday's match over and over and over. No, I forgot, guys. I forgot to mention this. I was. I was, I was, I was That'd be even better. I was talking about. I was. Yeah. I was going to mention this all friggin' day, and I forgot to mention it before the game. Before we talk about the game, uh, I saw. I saw one bad thing, uh, Friday, and that was the Madison Cawthorn video. With him and his cousin. Oh, well, yeah. then I saw any, I saw an even worse thing on on Saturday, and that was the uh, Loons match. Oh yeah, Oof. yeah. You know, actually, Dave, it would be eyes pried open having to watch the end of the Seattle Sounders Western Conference Final. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Now, for the record, yes. that's not my answer to what I think happens mm. in the afterlife. I don't think mm. you're forced into that situation like that. If I'm I'm gonna. I'm a little bit agnostic on this when I when it comes to it, but uh, I would probably say the simulation starts over, and oh. you get back into a very similar situation with a few variables tweaked. So, like, you spawn a video game, like reincarnation, like the Matrix. Like well, the Matrix we're all in a simulation. You know, we're most likely in a simulation, uh, really, anyways. And then it just basically gets reset, and a few variables are changed, and you live that life out. That you know, it's, it explains deja vu and a few other things. Like oh, Watch okay. for the black cat walking across the hallway, though. So. Yes, exactly. No, I, I'm more or less joking on that all one right. as well. All but. All right. More or less. Yeah. More, more, yeah, more or less. Jesus. I think of, you, you I honestly, we do. believe me, like everybody else, like everybody else, I do think about that, Connor. And, you know, he, Colbert raised a question, you raised a question to us. I mean, I do think about it, but I mean, then I get stuck in this loop where I start thinking about, well, what happened before I was born? And then I kind of like, well, I don't really remember much of that and kind of think of the same lines after I died. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's a for me. It's I. It's it's a fascinating thought experiment. Obviously, nobody knows the answer to. No. Yeah. So it, it's a crazy one. No. Oh, oh there, I are mean, f- uh, there are fifteen total questions, but uh, but uh, yeah, those are just a few. Of them. All right. Well, good. Thanks, we, we, Connor. We do that again. Yeah. We do yeah, we'll again. do it again. We'll do it again. Uh, before we get out of here, guys, I want to uh, just talk about one. It's not even really a funny story. It's a fucked up story. Is what it is. Uh, I don't know if you I guys. I feel like this is the second week in a row that you haven't really had a funny story for us. Yeah, and but but 
this one is more fucked up than I've ever seen. Uh, it, it is amazing to me how this works out, but this is the law, I guess. This is how laws work. Uh, Jeep owners being sued for $15 million after an oil change. Oh, I heard about this oh, just yeah. today. Accident causes a mechanic's death, guys. This is outrageous. Outrageous. And this is what it says. When you drop your car off a dealership for an oil change, you expect to leave your, your car with a fresh oil change. Unfortunately for one Michigan man, he's being sued for $15 million after his car was involved in an accident that resulted in the death of a mechanic. Uh, so what happened was the, 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 the young man, the 19-year-old mechanic, uh, got this Jeep, did not ho- know how to operate a manual six shift, which his Jeep had, oh. and did not possess an actual active driver's license. Uh, decided to remove his foot from the clutch, causing the vehicle to jump and kill another mechanic there. The bathroom part of the story is the family cannot sue the dealership because the accident occurred in the workplace between two employees. It's a legal standard that's involved. Instead, the person that's being sued for the accident is the car's owner who had nothing to do with it. Right. Isn't that crazy? But it's completely wow. legal. It's when completely legal. Yeah. It's completely yeah. lawful. It's yeah. Yep. Fuck, that's the yeah. Michigan law, apparently. Yeah. Sucks yeah. to be in Michigan, yeah. but so can you believe that? I mean, you're court- literally sitting on the lobby of a Jiffy Lube, yeah. and one mechanic kills another mechanic with your car, and you're all of a sudden at fault. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And according to so according to Michigan law, an injured employee cannot sue their superiors due to their negligence. In this case, the boss would be negligent in hiring someone without a license who not, not operate a stick shift. Regardless of this, the family cannot hold them responsible. The other option is for the victim's family to seek workers' compensation, which they have been granted. This would allow Hawkins' family to receive income and medical benefits based on his dependents and his income at the time of death. Because the death involved the customer's car, the owner's liability statute means that the vehicle's owner is legally at fault. Uh, (laughs) Wow. So there's actually kind of, I don't know if it's silver lining to this, but it basically says that they can actually sue the guy. The guy is going to actually end up suing the dealership. The driver is going to sue the, 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 the car driver, owner. Car is going to sue the dealership. If he wins that case, the dealership is then responsible for paying out this fifteen million bucks or whatever they do. Oh, sure. Yeah. But seriously, guys, this is the most fucked up law I've ever seen in my life. I well, mean. I'm it's similar to, I think I actually saw an article yesterday about this. It's similar to if you borrow somebody, lend somebody mm-hmm. your car, and yeah, right. they hurt someone, you're at fault for it. Yeah, that's right. That's, right. that's normal. I mean, that's yeah. insurance law. Yeah. Uh, but this is a dealership. Though. This is not right. borrowing somebody your car. This is actually dropping off to get it worked on. Yeah. And and I get the law says that doesn't doesn't mean it means the same thing as giving to somebody else but what the fuck could you imagine being this jeep owner well your car was involved in an accident that killed somebody okay so you already feel bad about that but then b the family is going to sue you for the death well that's just the thing like it shouldn't with this war what should i mean if we are if we were all sane the you know, as sad as this story is for mm-hmm. the, the, the person that got killed, like their family shouldn't be suing the owner of that vehicle that was involved no. in the crap. I mean, 
let's right. common sense people. I, I mean, it, it all, everything boils down to common sense. And this is, it's not common sense for this, this family of, you know, grieving family to, mm-hmm. to sue the owner of the vehicle that was that used. That had nothing to do it, with it. Just, it's common, ridiculous. It's, if you think about it, it's common sense for the fact that a grieving family is trying to uh, deal with what happened and the, Oh, absolutely. Found has been punished the owner of the vehicle. I mean, unfortunately, logic doesn't follow grief. I mean, well, neither do laws. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. But I mean, think about this. The negligent party in this whole thing was the dealership for hiring this kid doesn't know how to drive a stick, A, and B, has no fucking license. Right. Right. Stick or not, manual or not, he shouldn't be, you know, well, and cars. who's working in a, who's working as a mechanic that doesn't know how to drive a stick? Right. That's, but that's, again, that's not, who, who working in a dealership doesn't have a license? Well, right. right. You should, everybody should have a car license. Have a, be able to drive a stick. But everyone, and, and, and having a little bit of I know this industry because my brother works as a mechanic. Yeah, they have to drive cars. They have to drive them right around the lot. Right. So when it's working. What exactly? Well, yeah, when it's working, that's right. Um, uh, he was working in Infinity, so a lot of those cars don't work. Kidding. Um, but uh I've heard that actually. Yeah. Uh you should have a license if you're driving cars around the lot. I mean, wouldn't that be the first thing on the like application? For getting a uh, job at a dealership, do you fucking have a license? Well, like, what kind of ID did he provide when he got the job, too? This is what I wonder. State issued ID. I mean, what? Yeah, Yeah, state issued ID. Or does he have a driver's license, but, or does he not have a driver's license, but he has a passport somehow? Or, I, yeah. I mean, so the article I read didn't have the fact that the owner could sue the dealership. That's that makes everything change. Like I, yeah. I that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, based on law, stupid law, but based on law, I mean so funny that a law like that exists in a state like Michigan where they're known for their automobile production mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, you said it, David. It's a stupid law. We it, we play this game all the time, Connor. We look at yeah. frivolous lawsuits. Where people sue people for no reason or things happen. I mean, go back to the whole uh, McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit where the lady spilled hot coffee in her crotch and then sued McDonald's for a lot of money because they didn't say it was hot. It's like, duh, it's coffee. You know, it's right. coffee. You know, if I if I bite into a hot uh, sandwich from someplace and I burn my mouth, that's my fault, not the company's fault. Um, yeah, you know, it always drives me crazy when I I go to like a a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. and they bring and I order fajitas mm-hmm. and they bring out the you know sizzling hot fajita mm-hmm. plate and they're like it's hot and I want to talk yeah. to them like no shit well they have, <laughs> I they, mean, they have to tell you that because they don't want to get sued exactly I know because they say well we told them it was hot yeah yeah I mean they have to yeah. say it because somebody is going to do something stupid. We live in a stupid society, guys. That's the way yeah. it works. People are idiots. Idiots. So yeah. hopefully we'll we'll have an, hopefully we'll fall up to this guy's where this guy gets out of this shit and he's you know he's done with it. He will never probably own a Jeep again. 
Um, Maybe he'll made, move out of the state of Michigan too. Well, he probably he might. He'll learn yeah. how to change his own oil. Yeah, no right. shit. Yeah, this guy he'll be cha- he'll be on like uh, sixty minutes changing the oil. Like I'm never going to go back to a place like that again. You know, God. All right, guys. Before we go, uh, anything else you guys want to say briefly before we get out of here? Uh, news? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. We do have. I did uh, purchase the uh, equipment to do uh, live, not live shows, but shows at breweries again. Very so cool. we will hopefully get that running in the next couple of weeks after we get the microphone thing worked out, and uh, we can do a brewery or two here this summer, maybe three or four. So unfortunately that will not include David unless he wants to fly back, which uh, I think David, you are coming back here in July, aren't you? I'm trying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, by that, I mean, I'm trying to convince my work to pay for my flight. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I I might still come back by then, but yeah. So maybe we'll have a podcast at a brewery with all four of us. It could be a possibility. Well, and so we might anyway, in June when we go, to- we will, we will in June. Of course, <laughs> you said it again. We will in June. Tickets have been purchased. Uh, we're all good to go, uh, except for Dave hasn't purchased his airline ticket yet. He hasn't. No. You doing? Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I. I was telling Tony. I'm undecided on if I. I'm definitely going to go down. Friday morning, so hopefully we can catch the uh, Marlins game. But I'm not sure if uh, I haven't decided. I might instead of coming back early Tuesday morning with Tony and Connor, I might decide to spend a couple extra days, maybe drive down to the Keys or do something fun like that. Who knows? Because I have that whole week off. I took yeah. it off, so I might spend some more time down there. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so we're all we're going to be there. Um, but uh, yeah. All right, guys. So uh, for myself, Tony, for Dave, David, and Connor, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go, Lens. Go, Lens.